Thank you for listening to the podcast Dead Drama with me, Josh Jones. This episode is a juicy one. It's all about fashion icon Coco Chanel. And I'm doing that because I'm a fashionista. Woohoohoo! No, it's a really good one. She actually might be an actor. We don't know. It's Was she an actor? Was she not an actor? We'll find out. I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you. Drama, it feeds my soul. Give me that conflama, especially if it's old. Give me all that drama made to last. Give me all that drama straight up out of the past. Give me all that drama straight up out Hello, I hope everybody's well. I'm quite smelly at the moment because our boiler was broken, but it's been fixed today. But we still have to wait for the hot water to, you know, fill up in the boiler so I can get a shower. But the boiler was broken today and yesterday. And I tried to get the guy to come out yesterday. I phoned the landlord, but the landlord was like, yeah, we'll get it done. And then I phoned again. He was like, yeah, I'll get someone to come round. And I phoned about four times and they kept saying, oh yeah, we'll get someone to come round. But they never really do what I say. I don't know if it's because I don't sound threatening on the phone. So I had to get my ex-boyfriend to phone him. And then they listened to him straight away because he can be a bit more strict and be like, we need to get this done whereas I can't really shout at people so I would have just ended up going months without a boiler because I didn't want to have an awkward conversation but luckily the boiler has been fixed so later on I'm gonna have a lovely bubble bath I'm gonna record this episode and edit it and stuff and then I'm gonna have um, a bubble bath and watch Bad Girls which I'm so excited about I got the box set of Bad Girls season one Oh, and I started re-watching it yesterday. Oh, I forgot how good it is. If you've never seen it, it's a British female prison and it started in 99 and the characters are so good. It's well better than fucking Orange is the New Black. That's too American. The British one is so funny. But I, it used to be my favourite show when I was a kid because I was only like seven when it came out and I would watch it in my room upstairs but my mum was like, didn't have a clue what I was watching. I was like, I'm watching Bad Girls but she never watched it so she was like, oh, go on, watch it and then she sat down and watched it with me one day and she was like, I can't believe I've been letting you watch this because it's, they're all, obviously they're all swearing and whatever but it's more that they're all using drugs and having like sex in the prison and shagging prison guards and giving blowjobs and having lesbian sex and it was all sweary and stuff. I was watching an episode today and I was like, I can't believe I was watching this when I was seven years old because it was one bit where a girl like smashed her head against a wall and was like, yeah, you cocksucker. <laughs> but I loved it. Loads of people were watching like Spongebob or whatever was on then. I don't know. The Powerpuff Girls. But I was all for Bad Girls. That was my favourite kids show. It's probably shaped me as a person. Because I love any crime. 
that's like all about women. So my favourite TV show is Scott and Bailey. And the woman who wrote Scott and Bailey, Sally Wainwright, she wrote one of the episodes of Bad Girls and I didn't find that out until I was looking through the DVD yesterday. But, um, oh, fucking loved it. And they're all there with the 90s haircuts and they're all, like, rough as fuck. And I love it. And there's these two characters called the Two Julies. And they're just so funny. It's so... It doesn't make any sense because on one of the episodes, the Two Julies were making a wedding dress in prison. And I've never been to prison, but I don't know if you're allowed to do that. It's so good. You should watch it. And it's got the best bad guy ever, Jim Fenner. I think I've spoken about him on this podcast before he's an evil piece of shit and i love it and i got my hair cut the other day it was a scissor cut i've never had a scissor cut before and i only just get you know like it shaved with the razors on the side and then get it trimmed on top but it was a full scissor cut because it wasn't by a barber it was by a hairdresser my friend's sister and it felt so nice having it done like a proper hairdresser and not just a quick barber just fucking getting me in and out the chair dead quick it was lovely it made me feel like I was special like it was my prom day or something because I was sat in the chair for ages and was just chatting and one of the barbers that I used to go to they just like move your head about like a gay stick they don't care about hurting your head they're just dead rough with you but this was dead nice and lovely I don't think I'm gonna go back to a barber's again I think I'm just gonna get it done by hairdressers it it just felt like a lovely experience and I loved it it just made me feel really expensive like I was wearing Coco Chanel that was another great way to get into the episode because today I'm gonna be talking about fashion icon Coco Chanel So Coco Chanel is obviously a world famous designer and she had that really fancy perfume. I love perfume adverts when they always do the accent at the end, the European accent when they say what it is. I think because I've not showered all day, mine would be Body Odeur by Josh Jones. But I love it when they do those fucking... When they try and be that sexy when they do the product placement at the end. I loved it. I also used to love the advert with Keira Knightley. Because she did a Coco Chanel advert years ago. And it was just like her on a motorbike in like this beige full motorbike suit. What do they call those? Like a motorbike costume. And the motorbike was beige. And then she started like shagging the photographer... And then ran out the... She jumped out of the window and landed on a motorbike. And then at the end, it just showed the perfume. So the advert was a bit... It was. It made no sense. And in the background was Joss Stone singing It's a Man's World. Because it was probably cheaper for them to pay for Joss Stone's version than James Brown's version. And do you remember when Joss Stone was like the shit when she started singing? Everyone was like, oh my God, she's dead good. And she like released that first album. And then she went to America for like a year, came back with this weird American accent. And everyone's like, oh, fuck this dickhead. Ew, I hate it when people do that. They go to America for about three months and they come back like with this shit, weird American accent. It's like, hey man, huh? It's like, oh, gross, move on. 
But you would think because Coco Chanel's this big, massive, expensive fashion designer that she was born rich and raised rich, but she wasn't. She was extremely working class. She was poor as fuck, to be honest. Um, she was born on the 19th of August, 1883. And uh, her real name, what she was born with, was Gabrielle Bonner Chanel. Which I think sounds lovely, Gabrielle Chanel. And I love the name Gabrielle because it just reminds me of dreams can come true. Look at me, babe, I'm with you. Right, I'm going to try and pronounce whereabouts in France she was born. If there's any French people listening, um, I'm sorry you're going to hate me because I'm going to get it wrong. So sorry about that, pal. But it's Samour Mine et Lorry in France. I think that's why it's called. Otherwise, I've just said a lot of gibberish and made French people hate me. Her parents were not married when she was born, which is a bit of a scandal back in the 1800s. Her mother was called Eugene and her dad, Albert Chanel. He was a market trader, so he used to make clothes and go around different markets in France and sell the clothes. And that's where Coco Chanel learned how to sew because she would help her dad sew the garments. But Coco's mum died when Coco was only 12 years old. And then Coco's father couldn't really afford to keep all of the kids. So he sent the boys off to work on a farm. And he sent the girls to an orphanage run by nuns. So by the time she was 12 years old, she was living with a load of nuns. And that's where they taught her how to read and write. And she also learn more about sewing and she really focused on her sewing skills while she was in this nunnery but she couldn't stay with the nuns forever because as soon as she turned 18 on her 18th birthday the nuns were like either you become a nun or you fuck off because we're not keeping you anymore so she had to move out of the orphanage on her 18th birthday and leave the nuns because she was like I'm not becoming a nun fuck that and she started working as a seamstress because she was really talented at sewing in the day she was working as a seamstress and at night she was working in clubs singing and dancing but apparently she'd only do the same two numbers when she was performing in the clubs and both of the songs that she performed had the word coco in it so that's how her first name came about and she decided to call herself coco chanel When Coco was working in the clubs at the night singing, she caught the eye of this really fancy bloke called Etienne Balsan. Now, Balsan was this proper posh aristocrat and he was wealthy as fuck but came from money, a family of money. And when you're an aristocrat, you couldn't really get with a working class person then. There'd be so much judgment in it. So a lot of the times he would date these women but never marry them and they would become their mistresses and they'd be like their secret and they would house them and give them money but they wouldn't marry them because they wouldn't be allowed because it'd be seen as blasphemy and all of the family would be like how dare you but so many men had mistresses but Coco didn't like being his dirty secret she hated the idea of being quiet in the background and him going and seeing other people and if you're a gay person who's ever dated a closeted person you will understand that it is horrible 
be in someone's dirty secret because years ago and I mean when I first came out of the closet I was seeing this guy for about six months and he was closeted but I was like oh it's fine but sometimes I'd be in his car and he'd be like shut the fuck up when his mum rang he was like you're not allowed to speak because no one knew that he was attracted to men he, he was like proper butchy butch and he sport like that and he had a big sports car and I remember he was the first guy I ever kissed and gave a blowjob and yes it was in the same day and um, the first time I gave him a blowjob this is awful uh, I just don't know if I should tell his story I'll tell it anyway, and if I don't, oh, anyway, so, I remember I gave him a blowjob for the first time, and it was the first time I'd ever given one, and I said, oh, I I was reading that a guy's semen can be affected by what he eats, the way it tastes can be affected by what he eats, and he went to me, oh, well, if that's the case, you've just had a mouthful of fish and chips, which... Uh, that's horrible it's a horrible thing to say but I remember at the time being like oh so funny and how romantic I've gave him a blowjob in his sports car ha 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 this is like the dream oh god it's so cringy to think on now I was like oh it's so embarrassing I remember when I was at school though someone said it was just a horrible bully spreading rumours about me having gay sex at school saying that I had sex with another kid in the class and I never did I didn't kiss a bloke till I was in my 20s I was 20 years old when I kissed and gave a blowjob for the first time and it was on the same day which I'm a bit ashamed of but wait until 20 years old to kiss someone of the sex you're attracted to yeah I wasn't like 14 how dare you make these rumours up about me but anyway Coco was getting dead annoyed at being Balsan's dirty secret and she hated the way that women were dressed then because women wasn't supposed to work or anything like that and it was all it was a well as a man's world the clothes that were made were all made by men all of the designers were men and the clothes were just so restricting on the corsets and the big puffy sleeves and the hats and Coco was like oh fuck this so she got one of Balsan's suits and tailored it to fit her body and they went to the races with him and a load of other blokes and all their mistresses were there and Coco turned up the only one not in this traditional female way of dressing and she was in a suit but tailored it for her body and all the women were like oh my god why are you doing that and she was like well it's comfort and a look good and that's more important and that's what her whole style was about was being able to move so that a woman can work and be practical and it's not just a man's world that's why i think coco chanel is pretty fucking awesome in so many ways a quote of coco's was my life didn't please me so i created my life and she really did she made all these clothes for her and other women so that she could move about and do stuff and she was like one of the first women who she knew who just didn't conform to what a woman should be then and obviously she got a lot of stick for it loads of other women were like no you shouldn't dress like that a woman should just be looking pretty and Coco she looked good she looked banging but she also could move and pick stuff up and walk about and she was wearing trousers and I know now it 
might sound like not a big deal, but then it was like, oh my God, who the fuck is this woman wearing jeans? What the fuck? Well, probably not jeans, trousers. At one of Balson's parties, Coco met Arthur Kappel. Now, Arthur Kappel was a businessman who was a little bit more self-made than the others. He was the only one out of all these men who worked because they were all noblemen and aristocrats and their families were just millionaires, so they didn't really have to work. And his father was an aristocrat, but he also was the illegitimate son of his father, so he wasn't born with a title or anything like that. But he was the only one out of all these blokes who had his own business, and he was a proper businessman, and he, like, fell in love with Coco. He loved her. He'd never met a woman like this before who really was... She was making clothes for all of her friends, making hats for everyone, and Coco, like, fell in love with him because he was a businessman. So she ended up fucking back san off and going off with Arthur Kappel and Arthur Kappel was like vital in Coco Chanel's life they were together for a while a good while and they really really loved each other and he gave her money to set up her own business and bought her a first shop he sorted all the business side out and she just made the clothes but he didn't really take any of the money all the money was still hers he was cracking he was so supportive he was amazing to her and they fell in love they was together while the first world war was going on and Coco's business actually did really well in world war one so Coco's business started just booming and her relationship with Arthur was going really well. They did have a big bump in the road though and even though Arthur didn't have any title because his father did, Arthur still couldn't marry like a working class woman so Arthur was kind of made to marry this other woman. She was devastated because they was in love with each other. They really was but they weren't allowed to marry because of the class difference but they carried on seeing each other but it's still, it's not great, is it? It's not ideal. And I, I, obviously, I feel sorry for that other woman as well because she didn't know she was marrying a man who was already in love with somebody else. And um, they carried on seeing each other. But then, sadly, on the 22nd of December, 1919, Arthur died in a car crash. And this just broke Coco. It really fucking broke her. Coco and Arthur were together for nine years and throughout those nine years he ran all the business side of a company so she was just creative and he sorted out all the business deals but then he still gave her all the money he was literally the best business partner she could have ever had. And because Coco's business became so big when Arthur died, she was doing really well. She needed a new business partner because the banks wouldn't let a woman own her own bank account. The only way a woman could have a bank account was if it was in her husband's name and it was a shared bank account. A single woman wasn't allowed her own bank account. And I thought that was ridiculous. And then I've googled, I wonder when that law went away. And in France, that law went away in 1965 which is not that long ago but then in the UK it was 1975 so in 1975 a single woman couldn't have a bank account on her own which is just fucking ridiculous but yeah this was obviously in the early 1900s so she needed a business partner who could 
have the bank account in her name because she was making so much money like so much that it was just too much to have in cash and she had all these employees over 300 staff making all these dresses so she needed help with that because she couldn't just have it all in cash so she signed a contract with a man called Pierre Vertemir now she wasn't business minded because Arthur had sorted all that out and she signed a terrible contract where she got 10% of everything and Pierre Vertemir got 90% of everything. He basically got 90% of all of the money and took advantage of this woman knowing that she couldn't have her own business. So she did all the creative work and she was still in charge of all of that. Most of the important stuff, she made the product but only got 10% of her own money and he got 90% of it and his grandchildren when he died his grandchildren took over the business and now his grandchildren are still 90% owners of Coco Chanel and they're billionaires multi multi billionaires and it just pisses me off because it's like I'm sure his grandchildren have worked hard I don't know I'm sure they took over the business and they did really well at what they needed to do and Coco never had children so she didn't have anyone to leave it to but the fact that his line his family line are now billionaires and own 90% of this business that a woman started it's a woman's business and she made an effort to employ women where no one else was and it was a real like women's business a women's working area and this man came in and took advantage of her because he knew that she needed someone because she couldn't open a bank account and run the business on her own so then he just made the fucking ridiculous 90% and now his family a hundred years later are worth like 30 billion dollars it should have been at least 50 50 at least and then when I've watched videos of people talking about him as a businessman saying oh he's a great businessman and really singing his praises I'm like he's a fucking piece of shit who took advantage of this woman's rights knobhead and then because her business was becoming so popular she really started to gain respect of all these elite people all those types of men and women that would have pushed her aside earlier on and she when she was a mistress and she was supposed to be hidden now they all love spending time with her and she's dated like lords and apparently she dated edward the eighth queen elizabeth the second's uncle she apparently dated him for a little while she ended up dating a man called hans gunther von dinklage and now this is when the drama in Coco's life started. This is what's ruined Coco's reputation. During World War Two, when the Nazis came to Paris, Coco was living in the Ritz Hotel and that's where all the Nazis took over and that was their base. So she was put into one of the guest rooms, one of the hotel rooms, because she had her own suite initially. But then she was put into one of the hotel rooms and her business was safe. And maybe her business was safe because so many French businesses were taken over by the Nazis and the shops were just destroyed. But hers wasn't because she was in bed with a Nazi member. She was in bed with a Nazi spy, Von Dinklage. So this is where 
the story starts to happen with her relationship with the Nazis during World War Two, and she would spend her evenings hanging about with Nazi members, chilling out, getting drunk with them, eating meals with them, because he was a quite high up he was a nazi spy and he was hanging about with them all obviously and now she has a reputation of being an anti-semite and also the rumors are that she was a nazi spy as well because the nazis knew that she had met winston churchill and she met loads of people in england these high up people in parliament in England years before because she was dating an English guy for a while and then she went over to all these parties so they apparently recruited her as a Nazi spy and gave her the code name Model Hat. Model Hat as your code name? Not great. I wonder what mine would be. I think it'd be Pale Princess because that's what people used to call me at uni because I made them. But apparently one of her missions as a Nazi spy was to meet up with Winston Churchill and give him a letter from the Germans that had all of the Germans' demands for Britain's surrender. But obviously Churchill told her to do one. But also there was another rumour that later on when the Nazis knew that they were fucked and they had no chance of winning that they tried to get Coco to set up another meeting with Churchill to come to some sort of arrangement so all these Nazi officers wouldn't get in too much trouble. And the rumour is that Churchill was like, nah I'm not meeting with you and she really like overstepped a mark. I think she thought she had more influence with these English men than she actually did. But when the war was over, so many women who had dated Nazis in France at the time are people who had supposed to have helped the Nazis in any way. They were publicly shamed. A lot of the times they shaved their heads and they made them walk in the streets. It's very much like that scene out of Game of Thrones. Shame, shame. And she knew that they were going to come and get her because she was dating Von Dinklage for ages. And apparently she did get arrested and took into custody but then was never charged with anything. And one of the rumours is that Winston Churchill himself might have sent a letter to the French being like, no, let her go. And another rumour is, oh no, we're not going to charge her with anything because she might be really close to the English and she could give us information about the English. None of us will ever know. We don't know what happened eventually. But she didn't get charged, but her name was done. Like, so many people were just done with her. And she went into hiding, basically. She took all her money and moved to another country. I'm just skipping a good few years now, because not much really fucking happened. She was just doing a bit of flower arranging or whatever she did. But years after, she um, came back to the fashion world. Well, she went to America because people in New York started wearing her clothes again. But no one in England and no one in Europe would touch her. But then when everyone in New York was wearing her again and it was a big fashion trend over there, then all of Europe started wearing her clothes again. But she ended up getting her name back, getting all of her money back. She ended up working. She was working till the day that she died. When she was 87 years old, she was still at the top of a game. In 1971, she died. So she lived a long life, a very interesting life. And yeah, I don't know. 
the whole spy situation. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So I'm going to give friend and comedian Hannah Platt a phone call and we're going to talk all things Coco Chanel. Yes, ringing. Hello. Hello. You all right? Yeah, are you? I'm good, sir. So, what do you know about Coco Chanel? I know her real name. Was it Gabrielle? Yeah, Gabrielle, like Gabrielle the singer. Dream can yeah. come true. That one. Yeah. Did she wear sunglasses or did she wear glasses? Oh, so she had, she had like a problem with her eyesight. I think she was partially blind. Yeah, because I got her mixed up with Anastasia, who always wore glasses as well. Oh my god, Anastasia, what an actual icon. No, Anastasia always wore, yeah, she wore glasses, but she had like tight jeans on, but there was always like, do you know when it was like bleach dyed in the middle of the jeans? Yeah, Yeah. and they were always like um, low rise. So it was just covering the pubic area. Yeah, oh my god, I've not thought of Anastasia in so long. I know what I'm YouTubing when I get off the phone. She's got some great songs. Yeah, she's got bangers. Yeah, and her look is great. There's some questionable choices. I think she she was a white person wearing dreadlocks for some of it, which, you know. I don't remember. Did she have dreadlocks? If it wasn't dreadlocks, it was at least, like, box braids. Oh, there were really? some questionable choices in there. But oh. also, she was doing a thing where she had a very long torso with her low-rise jeans, which was also questionable, so... Yeah. Oh, what a woman. Why was, why was that a look? It's one like, a, a long midriff. One of her glasses tinted. Didn't she have, like, so, pur- yes, purple-tinted like glasses? Sometimes. Like Dumbledore. In the books. <laughs> Does Dumbledore in the books have Anastasia glasses? I'm sure from the picture of one of the books, Dumbledore and like the kid books, because you know, like she did yeah. like two covers and one was like the adults and one was the kids. I'm sure he had like star coloured tinted glasses. I, I, I haven't made that up. Star coloured? What colours are star? I meant star shaped. Oh, okay. Yes. Star shaped like Elton John. Yeah, I, 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 maybe not Elton. I'm getting very confused, but um, maybe like a crescent moon. I think that's what it was. It yeah, was a moon, not star shaped. Not like, star shaped. That's a bit too jazzy. That yeah, that was that is Elton John. I'm thinking of. <laughs> he wasn't on the cover of Harry Potter. No, he should have been. What do you know about Coco <laughs> Chanel apart from her name being Gabrielle? Her name is Gabrielle. I read in the apparently she was a bit of a Nazi. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe a Nazi, maybe not a Nazi. We... And I heard that her agent name was Westminster. I heard that her agent name was Model Hat. Oh, that's weird. I know. I'd rather... Why? I'd... Westminster's a bit cool rather than Model Hat. Westminster makes more sense because her job was to try and, like, speak to Winston Churchill. That was a Nazi yeah. mission. And also, if you were reading agent names, and one of them was called Model Hart, and she was a Milner, yeah. you know what I mean? You'd be like, well, we know who that is. Yeah. Isn't it supposed to, like, hide their identity? That's the whole point of them. 
I know I'm like, if you're going to choose um, someone to go undercover as an agent, would you choose a really famous person? Yeah. Well, maybe it's more like hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Kind of thing. But also, I do agree with you. Like, why pick someone who's like very famous and very successful? I couldn't be a spy because, like... you tell everyone, you'd get pissed and tell people. One, one, I'd get pissed and tell people. But two, everybody will know her there because I've got such a distinct voice. Like, when I pick up the phone in a public place, I, I notice people looking at me like, where's that noise coming from? <laughs> or when people serve me in a shop or something, you can tell because normally if I'm just walking, especially if I'm not in any fancy clothes and I just look like a standard straight cisgendered male and then I'm like oh thank you very much and you can see the shop assistant like oh I wasn't expecting that undercover you're an undercover gay (laughs) yeah an undercover gay but I mean I couldn't fit in the crowd unless I'm in like a gay bar I think I'd be good at it because I've been an undercover bisexual woman for years yeah and you're quite sharp I'm very small, so I think I would be, you know, I'd be able to fit in a suitcase or something, as long as it didn't go through airport security, which all suitcases have to. I don't know if spies put themselves in suitcases, because who would pull it? Mate, I've seen Killing Eve. She hides in a suitcase for a little bit. Oh, really? I've only seen season one. She undoes it with her foot. Oh, my God. That's (laughs) That's quite sexy. Only because you're trying to get more flexible, so you are more sexy. I am, I so am you trying. Now, you now equate sexiness with flexibility. I know. I am doing that each day. Um, my aim is f- within like a year and a half to be able to do the splits. I think that's like a realistic thing of a practice every day. Do you go into like split stance to try and do it? Well, no, I'm just doing yoga, but... Oh, okay. At the you mo- should like... Take pictures so you can see how far off the floor you are. I I don't need to. I, I can I can feel <laughs> the, the I can feel the wind in my hair to know that <laughs> I'm nowhere near the floor. I can feel the big gap in between me and the floor. <laughs> um, One thing that I found um, because I kind of had an inkling that you would read up about the Nazi thing. Yeah. But one thing I was finding out, because it's dead drama, she had a mad rivalry with Dior. Oh, yeah, I I found out about that, but I didn't speak about it in the podcast, so explain. Yeah, well, I found out because, you know, Chanel was all about, you know, utility and comfort and looking elegant and stylish. Yeah, like the practical woman. Yeah, and a bit more androgynous, like, you know, and a drop waist, you know, she was very famous for that kind of like 20s flapper silhouette kind of thing. And when Dior came on the scene, he did the new look, which is, you know, in the most recent series of Drag Race that Gigi Good wore a black bride's dress. Oh, yeah, where it's dead out uh, and you can't sit down. Yeah, it's a very corseted, fitted top. And then a massive flouncing out dress. With loads of tool. Yeah, and when... So that was, like, his whole thing. You know, yeah, you very, can't, like, cause extravagant. Because like, you can't even have a shit in that. How are you supposed to wipe your ass with all that stuff at the side of you? 
Exactly. Well, that's what... So Chanel basically, like, our Coco, she basically came out of retirement to go back into it because she was like, that's ridiculous what he's making women wear. He's not a woman. And what did she... He said something like, he doesn't dress women, he upholsters them. Ugh. Because he he said everything was like... um, She said he was dressing women like armchairs. Yeah. And that they were objects to be admired by men. And she was like, I am a woman and I'm dressing women for women. Yeah, and then that what's made her come out of retirement. And then she were working till she was 87. Yeah, because she was like in her 70s when she came out of retirement. Yeah, I think like, she was 73. This dress, this dress is bullshit, what he's doing. Because it was all suddenly a big fashion again. Corsets were coming back and everyone was dressing uncomfortably and flamboyantly again and he was like she was like we're not having this again yeah we're not doing that it was the opposite of everything she's worked for yeah so i thought that was interesting that there was this rivalry between them but i never read anything about what dior thought about it maybe he was like there's room for everybody (laughs) yeah i think he was just working yeah, too busy. Oh, that's a, that's like um, a worse comeback than having like a sassy line. Just oh yeah, when like, she's oh, like, sorry. oh yeah, that what's that thing? Too um, too booked to be bothered. <laughs> it's like when someone who's like yeah, like someone who's like gets really jealous because they don't gig at all and you, they slag oh, you off and you you're like, oh, you speaking from experience, are you, Josh? Yeah. But it's like, well, I'm not bothered what they think because, like, they don't get booked at all and I'm working, so fuck them. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's kind of the same because she wasn't working. So, she, yeah, like, she... she was retired. She yeah. was just set about. So, if you're working, you don't... I don't get jealous of anyone because you're just... You're doing your own thing, but she'd just been retired watching him do what he's doing. But because he... She's flicking through Vogue, like, oh my god, look at these skirts. Yeah, but because he was busy, he was like, I don't give a fuck what she thinks, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. It's like what Dita Von T says, living well is the best revenge. That's good. Oh, she's Pretty cool, that, isn't she's it? She's very sexy, isn't she? She's great. She's all over my walls here, I know. Little throwback to another episode. <laughs> Um, <laughs> right, well, I'll ring you back in a little bit when I've done this. Say goodbye Hi. to the podcast people. Goodbye, podcast people. Okay. I hope you don't mind me invading Josh's podcast. Well, it's happening. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. So that was Hannah Platt. Thank you so much to her for letting me ring her again. Um, so what did you think? Did you think she was a Natsa? Did you think she wasn't a Natsa? Um, oh, I mean Coco Chanel, by the way. I don't mean do you think Hannah was a Natsa. Yeah, do you think Coco Chanel was a Natsa? I don't know. I Well, yeah, I think she was. I think she did get recruited as a spy. And, um, yeah, very dramatic. If you have any suggestions of who you want me to do an episode on, you can send me an email at deaddramacontact at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I do really appreciate it. And I'm glad that people actually like it. I think that's lovely. Please tell everyone you know. Throw it all over your 
Instagrams and Twitters or whatever and share it on wherever you share your stuff and please give it a good review on iTunes and wherever you listen to it. That'd be really appreciated. I am enjoying doing them. I'm really enjoying them actually. I'm learning loads myself doing the research. I think it's quite fun. Uh, Yeah, it's nice. It's been really nice to do during lockdown. But um, that being said, I am glad that I'm about to stop recording because I've not had a shower all day and a stink and I want to watch Bad Girls so much. I want to watch Bad Girls. So thank you so much for everyone to listening to the podcast Dead Drama with me, Josh Jones. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, bye, bye. Drama, it feeds my soul. Give me that conflama, especially if it's old. Give me all that drama made to last. Give me all that drama straight up out of the past. Give me all that drama straight up out of. Oh